Welcome to Stories from Every Day. I'm Liam Cosma, and this is Episode 6, Wisdom and Clairsentience. Thanks for joining me. They say, I don't know what to do. I, my parents don't like me. I'm not worth anything. I'm thinking maybe I could commit suicide. I'm, my life isn't worth it. I saw this car accident with my older brother and my younger brother. They were driving a car, and I saw a car accident happen at 2 in the morning. I was so upset that anybody could think that of my dear best friend. Welcome again to Stories from Every Day. Today, I have a wonderful episode for you. Well, I think all the episodes are wonderful, but this one's no exception. Today, I'm talking with Kathleen, a friend of mine that my wife and I met at our local flea market. Kathleen has a beautifully curated stall right in the front of the market and is the first person people see when they walk in the door. She's always ready to greet visitors with a smile. After asking her to appear on an episode, we had a long discussion about what to talk about and settled on three topics. First, we'll talk about some volunteer work Kathleen does with a site called Elder Wisdom Circle, where she answers letters from people looking for advice. The second topic is about her recent experiences online dating, which she probably mentioned to me as a joke, but I called her on it, and it was a lot of fun. And finally, we'll talk about her experiences as a psychic, and what it was like realizing that she had the ability to sense things that others didn't. And lastly, before wrapping the conversation up, Kathleen asked to share an emotional experience from her childhood that shaped her life in many ways. It's a story that I'll never forget, and I'm so thankful that she told it. I really hope you stick around to hear it. So now, let's get into it. The conversation is going to pick up right after I've asked Kathleen to explain to us what Elder Wisdom Circle is all about. It's a very interesting resource. It's a, it's a uh, an online advice, uh, I don't like to say column, but it has the same um, sense of like a Dear Abby, but um, it is a an advice source of elders. Uh, you have to be 60 years old in, in order to be an elder, to answer questions from anyone who wishes to write in uh, or to approach the online uh, elder wisdom circle. Uh, Let's say a young person, which I would say most of our people are younger. Let's say a 14, I'm going to give an example. I've had a 14-year-old send in a letter and they'll title it... um, uh, problems with uh, problems with me, and they uh, they give a brief. They give their name, let's say, and uh, they say, "I don't know what to do. I uh, my parents don't like me. I'm not worth anything. I'm thinking maybe I w- could commit suicide. I'm uh, my life isn't worth it." And what I do as an elder. I go through these letters, and if I find one that I feel comfortable that I could answer, um, I will pick that letter, and I will go ahead and respond to that letter. And when you're first uh, answering these letters, there is a quality control. People who, uh, elders who have been there longer, will make sure that uh, that we responsibly, uh, we want to make sure that we have, um, let's say, we refer this young lady to a medical professional or a uh, a clergy or um, a local hmm, hotline, you know, because we don't want to uh, say, we, we don't want them to miss something that they could certainly get the best response from. Uh, and so it goes through a, a quality control. Now, I've been there, I've been answering hundreds of letters for seven years now, so I'm at the point now where I'm one of the I don't know, 
the, the veteran. Yeah, a veteran. So I don't elder ha- of the elders. <laughs> so I don't have. Oh, don't put it that way, honey. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, let's let's say maybe more knowledgeable, but not fair elder. Enough, fair enough. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, but um, the wisest. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So uh, I'm one of the wise acres too. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, so I can go without uh, putting it through the quality control, and um, and. So anyway, um, and and I always try to put it in a very loving way because these young people oftentimes don't have a grandma or grandpa who they can ask questions to, and that's really what the response here is. And that's we're, we're saying they can reach out, and they come from all over the world. I mean, I've had people from India, uh, Japan, um, England, and they can do this online. And and the young people are. This is where they go for their answers. They go online. So this is a real good resource for them. And uh, so they can reach out, and sometimes they'll go, Dear Grandma or Grandpa. Mm. You know, it's very, it's very tender. It's very sweet. And so when I respond, I'll always uh, end by saying, You know, I know you can do this. I know you have a heart. I know you can. Your, your life is worth living. You were born with a purpose. And, and it's really, to me, that's essential that we are all born with a purpose. God doesn't create you for nothing, you know. You're, and, and I try to tell them, but this is my, my spiritual way of doing things too, is that uh, when I want them to look at how when they smile at someone, when they touch someone, when they make someone laugh, they've changed someone. They've, mm-hmm. they've, they've brightened a day. And, and I say, take a look at what that does when you've helped someone. And, and... So I try to help them to reflect on that, that there is a meaning to their life and they, and they can change someone in a heartbeat, in a minute. And so I try to help them to understand that there's value to their life. And um, so, and, and we don't often get a response to our letters. In fact, you can do you know, 20 letters, and you may get one response. But when you do, it's so gratifying mm-hmm. because they'll go, oh, thank you so much. It really changed my life, or it made me feel good to know someone is there listening. So it's a, and, and we do it, um, <clears throat> we are anonymous when we do it. We have names that we've chosen for ourselves. And um, so that we don't, um, it's not a personal thing. But, uh, and we only, um, if if the individual has written three times to us we have to refer them to someone else we can't let it get too too personal you know it's it's done in a very responsible way mm-hmm. so it's uh it's certainly uh an organization that i would recommend to anybody um and we've had people 50 years old write in and and um i don't know it's it's uh it's just a lovely resource for anybody to uh to go to it's there for and it's free you know it's 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 there for anybody. That's wonderful. Yeah. What are so you you briefly mentioned, you know, one kind of communication that sounded pretty pretty emotional and moving. What are some of the more I don't know, and, and I and I don't want you to violate any sort of rules of the site or, or confidentiality or anything, but but are there are there particular letters over the over the last few years that have really stood out to you and kind of when you think about this experience, those stand out as particularly moving um, letters or interactions with with young people. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, one young man was uh, well. When they talk to me about spirituality, I I tend to go into that because that's something very important to me. And um, and he he was into music. How he's got a Facebook page and he's got this and that. And he said, you know, I I guess he wanted to know about spirit life and and I said how how could Mozart not have known about the other side and heaven when he he must have still remembered the heavenly realms for him to write these beautiful pieces when he was only three and four and five and he wrote all these choral pieces and to me I don't I now I'm sounding really weird no but um music to me and these wonderful artists who who they come back from a lifetime from the heavenly realms and they still remember these wonderful songs and uh, 
I'm going way off on this one. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> you're gonna Again. have to. You're gonna have to blip some of oh, this stuff out. <laughs> no worries. We can edit and, and all that jazz. And so, but you know, there there was another one. This young man. He was only. Mm, I think he was only like twelve, and he had been gaming. In, and apparently, they you know they do this gaming, and there's other people who go on these game sites. Mm, so like online, yeah, role playing and, games. and there was somebody that he felt he was in love with, and this lady, um, and he said she was, he said she was a little older than him, and her husband was abusing her, blah blah blah. But he fell in love with her, and then he said that her brother or something came on and said you don't understand this lady is like 45 her husband's not abusing her and you know he was telling this young man the truth and he said but but I love her and I tried to tell him I said and I had to go through this letter and I had to read every sentence carefully to evaluate how I had to really help him look at this. And I said, I want you to read your letter over again, and and I want you to see she lied to you. Even if she was your age, she lied to you. So you have to remember love does not is not built on a lie. And he wrote me another letter after that, and well, but it won't make any difference, you know, we can, and I said, no, I want you to read that letter again. Love is not built on a lie. If you love somebody, you wouldn't lie to them, would you? And finally, you know, I had to kind of have him, re- you know, read it again, and we had to go over the issues again, and, and, um, and this was just a young man who just wanted to be loved, you know. And mm-hmm. here was an, a, an older lady on there and, you know, abusing the privilege of being on a game place where younger people were. And oh, I was really upset about that she would do that. But and so it and, and really, you know, it, it was an issue of really taking a look at and I, I wanted him to, and I and I put his sentences back to him. Read read again what you wrote. Is that really what you want? Is that really, you know, would you do that to another individual? And, and he said, well, no, maybe not. And so it's, um, I don't know, it, it's difficult. But, but helping someone to really see reality, especially even a young, you know, a young person can see, you mm-hmm. know, eventually. He wrote three times, and he, I think he finally got it, but I don't know. <laughs> you do your best. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, there's and and some some young people. One, some young girls would write in and go, "Well, is it possible I could be pregnant?" <laughs> well, you know, given the circumstance she just told me, I said, "Well, yes, honey, it's possible you could be pregnant." And you know, I'm not going to go into what she said, but obviously she could have gotten pregnant. And I said, "I suggest you go get a pregnancy test and talk to your parents." You know, and many times I would say, you know, to the young person, "Talk to your parents. They love you. They're in, they're vested in you." You know, um, it may be difficult, but they're there for you. And of course, I'm crossing my fingers, hoping that that's the case. It's not always the case, but and then saying if if your parents don't listen to you, find an adult that that you can trust, a teacher. And you know, and and that's really hard too to to even say that because not every youth has someone to go to. Mm-hmm. So it's a harsh world. Some of the letters that I read are, I'm aghast. I can't, I can't begin to answer it, and I'm thinking, who's going to answer this letter? Quite frankly, um, there are some letters that are just, I'm taken aback. And I know someone will answer those letters. There are, we have people who are medical professionals. We have uh, education professionals. I, but I know I can't answer them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an interesting it's an interesting sight. <laughs> interesting, but I don't know. 
I, I listen to you talk about this and I wonder, you know, with some of these stories, if, if that resource wasn't there, where, where would they go? I mean, a lot of times it sounds like, you know, they're asking these questions because they feel like they're, they don't have somebody else they can talk to. Where would they go if it wasn't for the website? And, and you wonder how many people, I don't know, have no one to talk to about these questions. Um, I don't know. Let me give you another quick example. This is just, it, it's small, but it's, it's important. That's like a 14 year old. He, he wrote and he goes, you know, I, I went to a party and I, I got, I drank too much. You know, we all kind of drank and I kind of made out with these couple of these girls. And now I go back to school and I don't know what to say. He said, you know, I, I'm really embarrassed and I, and I don't know what to say to these two girls. And, and so I said to him, I said, well, you know, go to the girls apologize for your behavior, say I drank too much, I made a fool of myself, and I feel really stupid, and I want to apologize for my behavior, and I hope that, you know, you'll forgive me for, you know, whatever. And I said, and then move forward. And you, you, you can't, you can't be responsible for their behavior or how they will respond to your, uh, to your apology, but at least you will have apologized for your behavior and then move forward. What else can you do? But at least you've, you 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 can hold your head high, you apologized, and then don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to the best of your ability. You know, um, but at least you've made an effort to um, to stand up. And if the girls are smart, they'll go, "Wow, that guy really is kind of respectful," and and you are going to be um, admired for your integrity whereas the other guys which might have done the same thing are going to just be kind of slouches and they won't be respected so another way to just say you know yeah there's a way out of that you were dumb but we're all dumb at some point and and I would say that too you know hey you know we may be old but we were there too so yeah we get those those kinds of things too yeah so anyway so much for that You've said you've answered, you know, hundreds of these letters and seen a lot more. Um, and I know you mentioned um, that they come from many ages, many groups, many places all over the world. But um, it sounds like a vast majority or, or a, a good portion of them are from youth. And I'm wondering, you probably have a pretty good pulse on some of the issues and the problems that that youth around the world today are dealing with. If you could give one piece of advice to the younger generation, people growing up, you know, in today's digital age, what would that be? Well, I think I'd give it to any age, and that would be forgive yourself. Because um, the digital age or, you know, they start sex earlier now. Um, they give themselves the right to say things too quickly. Um, on Facebook, they say uh, what they think, and they say it out loud, and then they want to take it back. And unfortunately, once it's out there, you can't take it back. Um, and I see it too often. You know, I see young people put things out there, and, and when you're in a forum where you feel like you've got all these friends there, and it, all too often this happens when you think back to when you were in school and there's a bunch of you and you're all together, you're brave. And you say all this crap and then that you wouldn't say if you were by yourself and then you feel stupid. And quite frankly, you need to forgive yourself for being stupid, which we all are at some point in our lives, and, and then to be responsible. And take responsibility for the mistakes that you made and then move forward. And uh, because when you can't forgive yourself, then you live with regret. And and it's from the time you're young, you tend to carry this load. And it goes into adulthood. And, and then you're always living with regrets. And, oh, I should have. And, you know, should haves. You can't carry those should haves all your life. If you want to live free... You need to forgive yourself and others and and make the best of your life. And I would say that to a 10-year-old. I would say to a 50-year-old because that's really important to live a life of freedom and responsibility. Does that make sense? I, 
I think that's wonderful. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me too. <laughs> so Kathleen, to change to change topics a little bit, I know we were we were talking earlier about, you know, interesting stories and things. And you mentioned jokingly that one of the most interesting things uh, you've done in a long time is try out the online dating scene at, at your age, a little bit uh, in the in the elder wisdom circle age. What what's that like? Because I'm not going to lie. I've done online dating as a as a younger person in, in the 20s. And it was an interesting experience for me. What's it like, you know, later on? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me see. Um, My husband passed away two years ago. And Mm. a year ago, I decided to try the online dating. And I will tell you, I've tried several different sites, several. And um, each one has its own, I don't know, problems. I would say the number one problem is scammers, Mm. particularly because I'm a widow. And I put that I was a widow, which I don't do now. Now I just say I'm single. Because as a widow, scammers figure, okay, life insurance, I must have big money and I must be very lonely. And I'm 66 years old, okay? That must be the the main foray. Interesting. Because I've, uh, oh my goodness, I've had one after another. And now I know exactly what their come on is. I know their story. I know how to identify them. So I'm grateful that... I'm, I'm not grateful for having gone through several scammers, but I know exactly what their story is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I could tell you the whole stories. But, and, and, it's, and it's been painful a couple of times, you know, because I, I thought that I was talking to a nice person, but they weren't. When they ask you for money, it's like, that's when you find out. And that's <laughs> an indicator. That's the, yeah, that's yeah. a sure indicator. But um, anyway, um, but some of, some of them, it's been very funny um, when they tell me, you know, how great they are and, and I, you know, how wonderful they are um, sexually and, oh, my goodness. And it's just a, it's a real eye-opener. Um, and then, of course, there's people who, these men who within – They'll start to talk to you, they'll text you, or say, you know, my, your lovely lady, blah, 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 and then write into some sexual remark. And I'll go, well, you know, um, I'll go, you know, you, you might have you might have been going in the right direction until you said something. You, you were heading in the right direction, and now you, you're done. Bye. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go into what they say. But it, no, it's, no, no. It, I, it is beyond me how they could think that someone would respond to sexually explicit come-ons. So anyway, yeah, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> but, um, and then, but what I find really difficult, now this is, this is the reality of it for my age. I have met some very nice gentlemen, um, met for a coffee, a meet and greet, and it must be the age, but I don't think that men my age can live alone. Women can. Men can't. I've really come to that conclusion because literally I've met for coffee, and as soon as we walked out from coffee, the gentleman holds my hand and then says, uh, text me and said, could I have found the diamond in the Cracker Jack box? Well, and then... I immediately want to do a backstroke and go, well, wait a minute. I, you know, cause I, they're ready. They are ready to commit and want me to be, to, to commit to them. And unless I'm really weird, I, I would have to like date for a little bit first and get to know the person. And literally this last person that I started talking to, I met him for coffee for two hours and then we texted back and forth and and then he said I want you commit to me you know be mine and I said well I said I need more time to get to know you well I you know be mine commit to me I said what after two hours of coffee I said no no and I'm thinking, is it me? <laughs> and, and really, I've run into this 
with more than one gentleman and they're mm. and they're they're lovely gentlemen they're very nice they're smart this last gentleman was you know well educated um had a good job was a, you know i mean a normal person and believe me i've met some really strange ones but and i'm thinking what and and he said himself men do not like to live alone uh, and and I really think that's the thing. Of course, I lived 13 years alone on my own. I didn't have a roommate before I got married. I got married when I was 33 years old. But uh, and and I've been alone now. And and I do want to get married again. I do want to be in love again. But I'm not ready to just commit to someone. Not within a couple of days. And I just I just met a fella and on online again, and he's he's the kind of man I'm interested in, and um, and he just said the same thing, you know, uh, I'd like to be your man and and your best friend, and I said I am willing to take one step at a time, and he said okay, and so I'm going okay, it's one step at a time, you know, I I don't I don't understand, but I think it's the age, I think they get scared. And, and it is scary, you know. I mean, if, if, if I do meet someone and we do uh, get together, I mean, I'm 66 years old, so we're talking, we maybe have 10 years of an active lifestyle left before we start to deteriorate. I mean, this is, this is reality. Yeah. Um, if we're lucky. And then, you know, the bodies, who knows? what's going to transpire. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm thinking, I already saw my spouse die. Let someone else see me die. And I know that sounds selfish, but, you know, I've gone through it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to watch another spouse die. Um, It may happen, but uh, so this, you know, the online dating is just, it's, it's a strange, strange gesture. But what do we do? Where do I meet people? You know, um, it's very difficult to meet people when you're my age. Um, I'm I'm an outgoing person, and I'm 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 out doing a lot of things, but still, it's difficult. So, yeah, I, I think it's true in a lot of ages nowadays. Though, I mean, even even you know when you get to a certain age in your twenties, you know, and you're not looking to meet people in bars anymore and just hook up, you know, and you want to find that person. That's why online dating is such a thing nowadays. So I think it's interesting. I think, you know, obviously the scammers are probably, you know, not quite as prevalent. Um, in the 20s, in yes. In the 20s. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the same, you know, issues you're dealing with, I think um, lots of people at lots of ages are, are dealing with still. People want to move too quick. Um, the, really? I don't know. I don't know. You think so? I don't, I don't know. Well, you know, it's hard for me to say because when I met my husband... I, it was love at first sight. I, I fell in love with him within three days. And, and on the fourth day, I just, being a psychic, I, it just came over me. I thought, oh my God, that's the man I'm going to marry. And, and he was the man I was going to marry. And, you know, we were married for 35 years. And there was just no question in my mind. I just, it was an overpowering love. So I can't say that it doesn't exist, but um, I don't know. Hmm. Who's to say? Love is love, and there's no going back on that. There's no explaining it a lot of the time. No, there certainly isn't. Yeah. There's no explaining love, that's for sure. That's for sure. I I met my wife online. Oh, that's good. (laughs) That's good. That gives me hope. Yeah. So if there's any, any... Constellation. Oh, I'm sure yep. that it, it's it's all going to come about. I have faith. Yeah. I I do have faith. My faith has sustained me through many things. So I figure if the if if there's someone out there meant for me, it's going to happen. So hmm. I think it's yeah, it's the best way you can look Big at sigh. it. Big sigh. Want to talk about my psychic stuff? Yeah, if you want. I sure. think I think that's fascinating and and. Not unique, but kind of different. It's, it's different. Yeah, it's fun. It well, um, and and that's an issue when I meet somebody, 
for me to go, oh, by the way, <laughs> you know, to tell them, well, uh, by the way, do you believe in psychics? And sometimes, and men in particular are not all that open to to that. Um, I, um, I started having psychic ability when I was in my teens. And actually, I, I, from the time I was little, I always had a deep faith. I just always knew that I was protected and that there was something out there. And then in my teens, I started, oh gosh, I saw houses that I had dreamt of. Um, I could, I could see spirits. Um, and then, um, I started, I, I went to a reader and he became my spiritual teacher. And so I started attuning myself to spirit and meditating and and then I learned how to read the tarot and that it, it's a tool um, a lot of people get spooked by tarot thinking you know it's, you're worshiping the tarot or something like that but it, it, in this case it was I just learned to read the tarot and it was a tool to help you see a pattern for the person you're reading for and um, and I did that for a little bit and then I, as I went through learning and through more psychic experiences and spiritual experiences, I found over time that I didn't need the cards. I could just walk up to somebody and, and start to read for them, start to tell them things about their life. And, um, and then finally I decided that I had a gift and I should use it to help others. And, and that takes courage. Mm. It's not easy to say, wow, I do have this gift and I should use it to help people. Because you really have to, 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 to say I can do this and, um, and to have faith in that. And it's, it's, it was scary at first. Uh, but now, uh, you know, I, I do give readings and, in, uh, and I'd go on my regular job. I had a regular job. I was an executive secretary and we'd go on a conference and I'd, I'd be walking past the people working at the hotel and I walk past this one young lady. I go, you write children's books, don't you? And she, <laughs> she looks at me, yes. <laughs> I said, well, you know, you're going to be very successful doing that. And she looks over because her sister was also and I helped there and they looked at each other like you know and so I and I would find myself doing that a lot um and while it was fun it was also kind of you know my coworkers, you know they'd look at me like okay <laughs> but um and my husband you know he was always after a while he wasn't surprised anymore and and um, my husband and my son, we were watching Long Island Medium, and my husband goes, that's what you do, isn't it? And I said, well, yeah, but I'm not really a medium. You know, there's different forms. There are, uh, there are so many different gifts that so many people have, and how we relate to spirit. And, and you know, one person can be a, um, my gift is clairsentient. That means I, I sense. There are some psychics who are clairaudient. That means they hear, through, spirit will speak to them. They absolutely hear voices. Some uh, are clairvoyant and they see pictures. They, they absolutely see a, like a motion picture in front of them. And I sense. And so when I'm giving someone a reading, uh, someone who has passed in spirit may come forward and I will uh, sense what they look like sense uh, that they may be a grandfather figure and I'll, I'll say what the person looks like and I'll say to the individual I'm reading for um, this person wears glasses and they're wearing the blah 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 and you know and I said does this relate to you oh yeah that's my grandpa Joe or whatever and then we'll talk about that um, but it is sensing uh, and uh, so that's what my gift is um, and so every psychic is different in different ways. Our gifts are all so varied. Um, and everybody is born with intuition. We, you know, we all have the gift. It's just how you, if you attune yourself to it more, you'll find that you can use your gifts more. And, you know, throughout your life, um, every individual at some point will get some strong feeling that, oh my God, 
I got to go home right now or uh, I don't want to go here you know um, and and every parent teaches their child if you get a funny feeling about somebody don't talk to that person you know we we tell our kids this because we know that throughout life you know if you get next to a person and you get a funny feeling about him or her walk the other way you know because that's God's letting you know spirits letting you know this is not a good person this this is something you should walk away from um, and I think every parent does tell their kid that and every kid has gone through that in their life of oh oh this is not the right thing and then we walk away hopefully we walked away because if we didn't we found out later that oh oh we shouldn't have done that should have walked away <laughs> yeah yeah because that is that's that's our own psychic awareness our own attunement that we should listen to everybody's got it we're all born with that um, and that's why children children under the age of five um, are still so close to spirit that they'll have invisible friends they'll see somebody in the room who has passed on you know a parent will say well who are you talking to honey well I'm talking to Grandpa Joe and Grandpa Joe passed away three months ago and and if a parent is smart, they'll say, oh, that's great, sweetie. You know, don't deny that. Don't, don't say, oh, don't poo-poo them because the child is still so close to spirit that they can still see these things. And then when they get about five, um, the way that it's been referred to me is that the veil drops. Um, the, uh, that closeness uh, leaves the child at about the age of five. Um, and, and part of that is for their own protection because... Um, as we get through society and life, uh, you, you kind of, they kind of have to be protected. And so um, that's kind of how we, mm, we lose some of that ability. Um, but um, I know I always told my son, I was always open with my son to, if he spoke of anybody and, you know, and he did often, <laughs> but um because children are so open, so aware. So when you have children, be sure to be open and aware with them because they are, they're still so close. Um, it's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful to have this gift. Um, and when I do readings, and um, the hard part I would say is that it, it is a responsibility it is a strong responsibility. I have to be very responsible for every word that I say to people. Um, I speak only the truth of what comes forward. I have to be positive and helpful and uh, uplifting. Um, because that person puts their trust in you when they come to you and they are open. And they come to you because they need to hear um, they are usually looking for some confirmation and verification in their life. And usually when people come to me, they already know what's going to transpire. They already know what you're going to say. But when they hear verification through someone who is a stranger to them, they'll, they are relieved. They are uplifted. They can walk away and go, oh, yeah, I knew that, but it, feels good to know that someone has verified these things for me you see what I'm saying mm -hmm. and um and so it it's a good thing it's a it's a good thing to to have this gift and um and it's rare that I see anything so negative and I and I don't see death as negative either so if um and it's rare that I would even see that but I can remember one time when I was reading uh, the tarot and I did see the death card and and actually there is a card in the deck that's the death card. It says death, but it's not the real death card. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, people go, oh, my gosh, it's the death card. Well, it doesn't mean death, actual physical death. It means a death of old ways. Hmm. And I, I tell people this. And actually, the, the reader knows the actual death card, and I wouldn't tell anybody anyway. But the one time that I did have that, it came up, and, and I was able to tell the person that they were going to have a beautiful spiritual transformation. And it was. that 
I, I knew that they were going to die. The physical body was going to die, but they were going to have a beautiful spiritual transformation. So I didn't feel bad at all. I knew I was telling them the truth, but it was going to be a beautiful spiritual transformation. So, and that's the only time that ever happened with me. Once. Yeah, once. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it, and if a negative situation comes up, I'll tell them. Gosh, you know, there's, you might have a um, a few problems coming up, but it's going to be okay. You know, you're going to work through it. And and it's the truth. We all. We go through a lot of negativity, mm-hmm. and but we all work through it. You know, families go through all kinds of crap over and over. And especially, you know, we go through cycles, and doesn't it always happen that way? One thing happens, and then another thing happens. It's like, oh, what else? I never say what else is going to happen because inevitably <laughs> it does. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you know, um, and I'm just I say, well, you know, you can handle it. It's going to be okay. If I asked you what the most interesting or most meaningful experience you've had happen to you with this gift, um, what would you say? Well, uh, it was when I was learning about my gift and my parents were not real thrilled (laughs) because I was only like 20, 20. 25 and my parents wanted to believe me my mom you know my mom was pretty spiritual but you know it this was in the 70s it was you know the age of Aquarius and Hmm. it's like it wasn't like now you know now you can go down the street and there's readers and there's psychics and there's this is acceptance yeah Yeah. much more acceptance whereas this was a time when it was just kind of starting to become acceptable and um so it was hard for me and um so my my older brother and my younger brother were back in wisconsin and my mom and dad were staying in Palm Springs at a friend's house. And I went to visit my sister-in-law, and I, it was late. And, <clears throat> and all of a sudden, like at 2 in the morning, I'm still at my sister-in-law's house, and I saw this car accident with my older brother and my younger brother. They were driving a car, and I saw a car accident happen at 2 in the morning. And, and I saw them be hurt badly well scared the heck out of me and I knew I was seeing it happen so I went to my folks house I call my mother at like four in the morning and I said mom mom I said something's gonna happen with John and and Dick well my mother was not pleased she goes this better be good she's in Palm Springs visiting friends okay I wake her up at four in the morning to say that the boys are gonna have a car accident is my mother happy no. So she went back to bed. She's not. So, and then we didn't hear anything. Nothing happened. So I'm thinking, okay, if it didn't happen, I was being shown that it's going to happen. I was being, it was foretold. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm figuring, okay, all right, God, if you're, if you showed me it was going to happen, if, if, if I can do anything to change it, there's one thing I know. If it's God's will, I, I can't change that. But if I can do anything, then I'm going to ask, if it's your will that they have this accident because they need to know something, then fine. But could they not be hurt? <laughs> so... I, Okay, so this is what I'm, I'm a kid, okay? I'm trying to, to learn this. So I go into meditation at five on a Sunday, and I'm saying to my brother, drive slow, drive slow. Just trying to project, okay? Trying to think, how can I change this? And I saw a Ferris wheel and a county fair when I was in meditation at five on a Sunday. So that evening, I had this, phenomenal spiritual experience that is kind of beyond what I could describe. 
but I knew everything was going to be okay. I wake up the next morning, and when and my brothers came home, they were okay. And my brother's girlfriend, who I told about this experience, she asked my brother how the drive back was. He goes, it was okay. And she goes, was, did anything occur? How was your drive? He goes, well, kind of. She said, what? And he said, he said, well, we were pulling a trailer, and he fell asleep at the wheel. Two o'clock in the morning, okay? And they fishtailed. And, you know, he woke up, and he, the accident was avoided. But it was 2 o'clock in the morning, exactly 24 hours after I had experienced that. And then I had asked John, I said, what, I said, where were you at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon? And they were at the snow festival in Wisconsin, this county fair. So everything had come forward of what I'd seen. And then, of course, I said, well, thank you, Father, for showing me that if I could help, I did. And But they got their lesson. You know, he wasn't supposed to drive. He wasn't supposed to fall asleep. And But it was my lesson as well, of course, to learn that if there was something I could do, I learned that, yes, I, I could do something. And and my mother, you know, when when it's, this all came out, my mother finally understood that yes, I I did have some ability, and 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 it. And later on, you know, later on that summer, we we were in, we went to visit Wisconsin, and the lights on the car went out. We were on a backcountry road, and my mom goes, "Kathy, do your thing." <laughs> <laughs> and so I knew my mother finally accepted that maybe maybe I just yeah. kind of had a gift. So it was a slow process. Yeah. But, but it was really important to me that my parents understood that it wasn't a it wasn't a joke. I really had a gift and it it meant something to me. It was really important. So yeah, that was Wow. And it was meaningful. It was very meaningful. Yeah. I can imagine and you you remember it all so clearly and Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. Wow. That's very important. But anyway. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything you can think well, of? Well, I think it's important what you're doing. I think it's important for people to um, to be open to everybody, especially now, you know? The, the political environment is... Oh, this is an important thing I'd love to tell you. Forty years ago, I lived in Pasadena, California, and my best friend was half black and half Japanese. We rented a house. Our landlady lived next door, and we she had a pool in the backyard. And so pool privileges were part of the rent. So she said, anytime your kids want to swim in the pool, just have them ask, if tell us ahead of time that they're going to have a friend over. So I go, and I ask the landlady, can I bring my friend over to swim in the pool? And she said, yeah, that's fine. So... I bring my best friend over, and we swam in the pool. And the next day, she's out in the alley between raising voices with my mother. And my mother was very upset. And then she came in, and my mother told me that, and I'm 14, mind you. My mother comes in and said that the landlady said that when your daughter invited a friend to come over to the pool, she didn't say she was colored. And we don't have colored in our pool. So you need to get out. We had 30 days notice to move. And she drained the pool. Now, this is 1964 in Pasadena, California. And I was so upset that anybody could think that of my dear best friend. And, you know, within another four or five years, I... Because I had no recourse. I didn't have any power. I was 14 years old. And by the time I was 19, I knew people who had marched with Dr. King. And, and, and I then was, had enough power to know who I would speak to about these kinds of things and NAACP. And, and it formed my life. And I never told my best friend about that. And just two weeks ago, I was reunited with my best friend, in Portland, because her younger brother passed away, and I went to the memorial. And I said to Fawn, I said, Fawn, I want to tell you something. And she said, what? I said, I've kept this quiet for 40 years. And I told her what happened. And, of course, the first response was, oh, Kathy, I'm so sorry. I said, no, no, 
I said, I knew you would say that. I said, but don't say you are sorry. I said, because it formed me. It shaped my life to think that anybody could have thought that about you. I said, I was so, so upset that anybody could be so hateful, you know. And, uh, but I said, it shaped my life. I said, you shaped my life. Can you imagine that? And that's what's still happening. It's a shame. It is a shame that anybody would be that way. Anyway, I had to say that. <laughs> no, that's, those are the kind of stories that, that matter. Um, yeah, that matter. They really and, matter. And it's amazing. That happened in your lifetime just, you know, 40, 50 years ago. Like that was acceptable. And, and we haven't come that far. We've come a we long haven't. way, but we haven't come that far. We haven't. And it's still happening. That's the shame of it all. It's still happening. And it shouldn't be. Yeah. It shouldn't be. People shooting somebody because they wear a turban get out of my country. Yeah. This is everybody's country. This yeah. America was built on immigrants. All of us are immigrants. I'm only second generation Danish. My grandfather was born in Copenhagen. He came here in 1883. And I'm, I, I swear every American is part Irish. Yeah. <laughs> we all just flew over from Ireland, that's, I that's swear to God. probably true. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. See, now there's a purpose for you to have these talks. See? Yeah, I I like to think so. <laughs> and there you have it. Elder Wisdom, Online Dating, and Clairsentience. As always, you can find out more information about this episode and any of our episodes at www.storiesfromeveryday.com. And now I'd like to close this episode with an excerpt from a letter that Kathleen wrote in response to somebody on Elder Wisdom Circle. She was kind enough to share it with me the day after the interview. I live my life fully each day because I know that anyone I touch, each encouraging word I give, every heart I help, is changed by my life. Knowing that gives me the energy, the spirit, the love to continue to move forward until it is my time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>